Here I am, aching for the world. Aching for what's lost and aching for what's found. Aching for silence and aching for sound. Letting your tears run rivulets in my heart, cracking it apart with the love that you stole from me. Sometimes I wonder how do we live with this universe of pain inside, spraying that never heals, stain that never washes out. Chains perpetually linking us to one another, never free, but at least we see each other. I'm not afraid of my body in pieces on the floor. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid of letting pain be the door. I'll listen to the folklore of your heart until your story bleeds into mine. I won't ignore you. I'll explore you because I'm not afraid anymore. This ache asks nothing more of me than to listen, to hold, to breathe, to let go, to let it flow until the scars are the valley that hold the gold, the stars my geometry foretold. My shape is still unknown, but at least I'm not alone in this mess we've built. Pain is not my enemy. It's my identity. And as I taste the ecstasy of empathy, you are beautiful to me. I see you and you are beautiful to me. Even if the throbbing of the world is all I hear. Even if the throbbing of the world is all I hear. Envoy. If you were to blink while striving through it, you'd perhaps miss it altogether. Set in off the beaten track amongst whitethorn quicks and blackthorn slows, this tiny and abstruse little hamlet plays host to a gathering of local natives in a three-acre plot called Origin. For if you were to dander down Durrow Road on any given Saturday from early spring to late autumn, you might be surprised with what you'd find in these quiet country lanes. The sound of laughter from behind hedgerows and the faint patter of unfeigned conversation in amongst furrows and drills as harvesters stoop low to unearth an abundance of age produce grown for human consumption. Polytunnels and long-tailed shovels, hipsters sipping coffee around timber-topped tables, a thriving coffee house open to the public with an elegant espresso machine polished to within an inch of its life. Music billowing out of the high corners and the eaves of what was once an old piggery. This place oozes invitation and offers a very different experience from that of the concrete pit stops most of us coffee enthusiasts frequent in urbanised areas. You'll find wide-eyed wannabe horticulturists tying bouquets, would-be brides plucking perfectly timed flower bombs out of the meadows, readying for the reciting of vows, Flowers that they'd indeed sowed themselves just weeks before. This place offers something different. Volunteers and patrons from across the counties working in vegetable plots and fruit houses, sowing and reaping the spoils of their long summer's graft while snacking on their trophies as they go. Origin is a community farm and acreage just outside Balamoney. 
a collective of habitual gardening practitioners well versed in more traditional forms of crop production, implementing practices that have been long absent from these baronies. As from beneath the comforting gaze of secluded sycamore and bright Irish ash, dark earth is turned upside down in the pursuit of happiness. It is here that Kenny Baird and his wife Victoria have transformed this once congregated chicken farm into a land-loving community space and creative horticultural hub. Their ethos is field to fork living, growing to eat, eating to grow, cultivating awareness in the midst of crop rotation and warm communal suppers. The site sits in the townland of Knockins, but there is a beautiful fortuity about this location and a serendipity that swells the nostalgic heart. There are two ancient burial grounds close by, one of which lays only yards away in a neighbouring field, and it's suggested that this area was once a monastic site in the neighbouring townland of Vau. The question is, is the symmetry of this happenstance, in terms of ethos and practice, nothing more than a coincidence, or a magnificently woven tale in the redigging of an ancient well? For perhaps this is not the first time a community with earnest endeavour has tilled this land in the practising of presence. And maybe, just maybe, the ground calls to us still, to those of us who will listen and respond to her tender voice. Maybe the earth holds on to the memories of our kind and forgets not the movements of those that have gone before, easily recalling that which slips away all too quickly from our own thoughts. Maybe the song's echo still with an ancient allure to draw us back to our roots and it is she, our mother, who has our best interests at heart. If only we would dare to listen and converse with her in her soft tongue. In this episode, Kenny talks to me about slowing down, his plans for the future and how community farming has transformed his life. Space for doing workshops, for classes, for gigs, for different things that will be happening. Yeah. Because it means that you've always got somewhere to come, even if it's like wet outside or something. Yeah. As well. So and it's bigger than up in the coffee space, and it's really nice atmosphere as well. Of course. Dinner nights out here. And even though it's windy outside, it's warm in uh, here. It's so warm. When you do the flowers, do you find people navigate towards fiery colours or pastel colours? Every time, everybody does them so different. Yeah. So I assume today, I was like, okay, it's September, it's coming to the autumn time, everyone's going to go for the oranges and the yellows, and actually the people went for summery colours, pinks and blues and things, wow. so same selection of flowers, and everyone's poster always looks really different. Different, yeah. <laughs> Which is nice, though, too. Of course, and you yeah. just use what you have. Use what I have, yeah. Dahlias, eucalyptus, uh-huh. and laurel. Amaranthus, and which is brilliant. So I encourage them all to take some amaranthus as well because then it all dry nicely and they can have it for Christmas time. Oh, of course. Yeah. What's your favourite? What's your favourite plant this year? 
this year I would say either the straw flowers because I'm now starting to think about drying things and okay. trying to make my workshops see how much of the stuff I've managed to get during the summer for those. Of course. So straw flowers were really successful. Amaranthus because it's just so beautiful. Delias, of course, you love them. Um, what else? And the scabiosa. <laughs> yeah, I really like. it's a good plant. Yeah, because they're just a wee bit unusual, strong colours. Um, not the longest lasting, but still really nice. The Mars Pipers have been like, oh, so good. That's what you just have, had in your frittata. Oh, Mars yeah. Pipers, just beautiful. Our British Queens, though, not been so good. We no. don't know what's kind of gone. A few of them kind of rotten coming out of the ground. Um, we haven't started harvesting the charlottes yet. But the charlottes always do really well. They yeah. always get a great crop of charlottes. So I think we'll stick Marsh Pipers and charlottes. Really well, we didn't grow any Red Duke of Yorks this year and they're my favourite potato. Yeah. So we'll do that next yeah. year. Yeah, cool looking potato as well. Cool yeah, potato right. And they're really flowery on the inside. Yeah. They're top quality. Love them. Kelly, your Instagram page says that you're a community where we grow vegetables, drink coffee, explore well-being and eat fresh, organic, yeah. feed to fork, which is a really good phrase, uh, food together. Um, so maybe just tell me a wee bit about how that all began and why it began in the middle of <laughs> County Derry, up a, a wee country road that was that's really hard to find. <laughs> how, how have you ended up here? <laughs> oh my goodness. There's a, how, you, how do they end up here? Um, <laughs> oh, well, well, Vicky, my wife, is from here. Like, she's mm -hmm. lived within probably five miles of this space for most of her childhood. Mm -hmm. um, Vicky and I moved Corian, Port Stewart for a while, but I always knew I wanted to come live in the country. Um, it's always been a, a dream. Um, but I guess like we ended up with this community as origin developing this um, out of Vicky and me sitting on the wall um, outside about eight, nine years ago and we were sitting looking around and it was at a stage in our lives when we were just feeling completely done with just the speed of life, mm -hmm. feeling really um, pretty exhausted with a few things and the way we had been we thought our lives were going to look like things had changed we're like okay so what's this going to be like we just dreamt of this idea of um, people coming together of breaking down those kind of divides that we were really struggling with um, and we happened just to share this with a few other friends people like our friend Diana and, and others and they caught it and we were like right let's do something so we started mm -hmm. with a few chickens growing a few vegetables as a way literally just to stop mm -hmm. Um, choose to take some time out. Yeah. So you obviously you weren't, you weren't living here at the time, so you were coming yeah. here evenings, weekends, just to kind of get away from yeah. home life and not the norm to yeah. kind of just... Yeah, we'd come home from our full-time jobs, jump in the car, come down here, bring our dogs, work the land, mm -hmm. and then head home again. Other people were doing that from Corian, Port Westport, Stewart, Ballymena direction, and it's really just expanded from there. We started with tiny little patch of vegetables and um, we've now gone to using three acres of land basically. Mm -hmm. um, and this was a farm then? Uh, it was a chicken farm, yeah. Okay. 22,000 chickens in a big shed. Wow. Um, and then some kind of 
like fields to the side of it were used for manure and things going into. Mm-hmm. But yeah. The concrete lane or the massive concrete yard gives you a great scope, doesn't it? It really does. Too. All year round. Imagine having to try and to put that in now how much it would cost. I know. <laughs> I know. And like to think at the very beginning we actually thought of how do we get it out? Oh wow. We had that kind of thought. Yeah, of course, yeah. We need fields. Mm-hmm. But actually it's turned into a mm-hmm. real asset and something that we'd never do without. Yeah, of course you need somewhere to put vehicles, you need somewhere to mm-hmm. put tools and wheelbarrows and Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Good so it's but it's really funny as you walk around it now people just see the wee small walls the concrete floor and they yeah. never dream that there was a massive shed of there and um, so it's in such a short space of time it's transformed into something that feels all very natural and connected yeah um, pages have sprung up and it's a really mature site as well there's there's trees i mean literally right outside the window mm-hmm. you know there's big trees and there's it's well surrounded and sheltered and so even that alone is like it's such a good yeah, and it's it's quiet. I love that. Mm-hmm. Peaceful, away from things. It's kind of, I love the fact that it's down a wee lane from yeah. the village of Finvoy. People find it difficult to find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it funny? Is it funny too how some people will navigate to the sea for that? Yeah, but you've kind of navigated towards. I know it's weird. The fields. Yeah, I think that's maybe something that's. Um, there for quite a few years in my life like I would always in the summer have um, headed down to my grandma's farm County Down mm-hmm. um, I would have spent the summer there where yeah. my friends and things were at the, the beach yeah. I was on the farm mm-hmm. the tractors lifting the bales of hay and all with my of course so. your grandfather was a farmer he was yeah um, cattle and sheep and yeah those were um, really good times just off I think I learned a lot from him he was very very close to him so yeah yeah well, we're never that far away from a generation of farmers. No, sure not. really not, no. Which maybe isn't a bad thing. No, again, it's one of those things I think sometimes we've talked about before, like Noel Arrow feels like um, people who sometimes look to outside influences and think that we need to change to be more like those kind of things that are progressing in other countries. Mm-hmm. But I actually think we miss something of the beauty um, and the closeness, the connectedness. Um, that, that farming culture that that mm. farming life has brought to no one else yeah it's interesting how technology seems to be driving us further to the land and more to the land it's like it's like palate cleanse it is it's like the only it's, thing that can kind of rejuvenate the, the brain yep I, I love technology yeah. like um, you're a tech guy I'm totally into tech yeah but I I could not do what I do, kind of um, working web design, photography, videography, if mm-hmm. I wasn't also part of this community, this around these people, my hands in the soil, working the land. I feel it kind of restores, revives, and allows me to do that. And the thing is, the more we do what we're doing here, we got people coming from Belfast, driving from Dublin, people coming up for the day and just spending time to mm-hmm. rest and relax. And what do you do? And then tech, and then this and that and the other. And, um, just to find that we invest so much in that, that's something within us then brings to that point where we recognise there's a natural recognition that mm-hmm. um, we are missing that connection with the land mm-hmm. and we find people just flocking. Yeah. I guess when I started these interviews, um, you have certain ideas of what you're going to talk about and mm-hmm. what um, your themes will be. And and I guess the theme has been creativity and art and music and 
this overarching connection to the land has been almost like this thread that has run through them all. Um, for you, um, it's quite a unique little community you have here in amongst farm, traditional farm, mm -hmm. um, farming practices. Yeah. How has the local community taken to it? Suspiciously, at the <laughs> beginning, I would say. I honestly, I would have been as well if I would was. You, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I often say to our team that we need to learn to kind of because we're joining with the community that's been here for generation upon generation yeah. upon generation. I think there needs to be respect as we kind of join that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's helped us just being wise to. I would be suspicious if I was a farmer, been there for generations, and then there's these hippies. Hippies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, guy going around with big beards and swimming. Yeah. And cameras and. Pallets, reclaimed pallets, pallets and a fancy sign. down the chicken shed to put in <laughs> and inviting people in from the big city to... Using to vibrant colours. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we painted our sheds um, yeah. in blue and pink and yeah. green. Mm -hmm. And um, some of the farmers pulled in going, what are you doing? What are you painting that What is that? What is that? It's like white, painted white. <laughs> what is that paint? That was expensive paint. <laughs> you know what paints a uh, shed that colour? Uh, no, I think like as people get past that initial suspicion and get to know you yeah things change um and and your wife being from this area kind of helps it, as well it, it definitely so they know she's not crazy so <laughs> so you're, so you're probably not crazy either <laughs> i don't know non-craziness by association yeah after a while they realize that So what are the goats called? The Bucky is the one with the, the horns. And then Bart's the, the darker one there. And Benji is the lighter one. Benji, Bart. Yeah, guys. Come on. Come on, Bucky. Come on. Look, I got food. Hello. Look at this. We'll eat that, yeah. Love an apple. They'll eat anything, wouldn't they? Pretty much, they will eat anything and eat through anything. It's a nice selection of sunflowers as well. Those are quite, quite strange. So I went for cut flower mics because sometimes I think they're just too tall. Yeah. And they're actually not really very usable. Yeah. So I went for cut flower mics, which means that a lot of them had, are branching out more, and has shorter stems that I can actually use. And yeah. They've actually been really good. The heads are so unique. Remember the year we put the sunflowers inside the polytunnel and they nearly punctured at the top. Yeah, we did that with sweet cream. Yeah. That was not a good year. It's popular in Northern Ireland now to grow sunflower fields. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's been done too many times, you'll never do it now. No, we'll not I feel the dahlias. Especially if I don't like sunflowers that much. I know. <laughs> but they're even, they're even cool, even just the, splat, the black centre when the yellow goes off oh, them. Oh, yes. That's stunning. We'll leave those like that so that the birds can have the seeds and all yeah. over the next few months. Black flowers is becoming a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Have you seen um, the black agapanthus? Well, it's so purple, it's black. It's like most black plants, it's the darkest, the darkest purple. I'm ordering loads of black tulips. Black tulips, yeah. Oh, wow. This is your tiller? Yes. How old is this old machine? Not, Not too old. Not that old, but it's just well used. It's 
it's one of our first purchases, wasn't it? I and actually, that. in the new system of No Dig, this won't be necessary, which is kind of weird. But this yeah. is good for friends. Oh, I had a mantis. Oh yeah, they're so good. Mantis is it's just it's just the best tiller you'll ever own. It's just really? I, I sold it before I moved house, and I, I wish I hadn't though. And I'll probably buy another one, but Mantis <laughs> is just, oh, it's so good. So these onions are drying out. They're drying out, yeah. Yeah. We've been using away at them already. But is this standard practice? You dry them out for a while before you eat them? Yeah, you're meant to get the best out of them. But I quite enjoy cooking with them quite young, straight out of the Yeah. Ends. You get different tastes different as taste. they go along. Um, yeah. I quite enjoy that the difference in cooking. I think you dry them as well just to harden up the outside. Get them to awesome. survive the, the winter, so we can. So well. Onions last so long as well, don't yeah. they? Even the, even in the cupboard, they just, you know, month. Yeah. You pull out an onion, it's fine. <laughs> Here are our butter beans, which were also in the frittata. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. So I was lovely. thinking, right? Well, these are not the size of butter beans that you get. This is our first year of growing butter beans. Great. And this is not the size that I would imagine that they would be. Yeah. Um, so, but then I was thinking, well, they can't actually get any bigger because they're going like that in the pod, so they must be ready. Yeah. So then I just eat them. Don't ask me. I'm a farm man. I'm not a. I'm not a vegetable man. <laughs> but actually, I find these ones from the polytunnel aren't as nice as the ones outside. Okay. Which is interesting. Not sweet. Not sweet, yeah. Mm. But they're still lovely. You just eat them raw. I do. Walks around the side <laughs> yeah. and eats strawberries, tomatoes, <laughs> peas. It's, it's, it's a bit of a competition between the team who can be here when things are ready to eat, and you just see people stand in a corner somewhere like guzzling. <laughs> who can eat the most? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are class. So you open up. So what you kind of you kind of gear everything towards a Saturday. What does a Saturday look like in Norwich? Um, Saturdays are mad. Um, so. The reason we do Saturdays opening um, to the public of doing coffee and we use all the food from outside too. And not just coffee, Kenny, let's be real. You, you do coffee. We do coffee, yeah. Well, that was always a big thing for me. Okay. And I wanted this, like sourcing the coffee. Like if, if we're so passionate about where we get our vegetables from, yeah. The, and we're so passionate about the farmers here in Northern Ireland, I just don't see how we can't be then passionate about the farmers that grow our coffee beans mm -hmm. and want want to respect those cultures I think they connect so that's been a big thing for me so when we started doing coffee I was like right I do good coffee mm -hmm. so we do really good coffee and yeah I was another suspicious one I think locals were kind of like what is this weird coffee stuff <laughs> what is this gear what is he what's doing what's wrong with tea well, tea's been here for hundreds, you know, hundreds of years it's like would you like a normal kind of black breakfast yeah. tea or would you like a loose leaf tea of course stairs um, yeah. but yeah um, but no we have to make what we're doing sustainable so Saturdays are all about bringing an income that is reinvested every penny is straight back into origin so it means that like last year was our first year properly opening every Saturday and we were able to get through winter and have money to invest in, back into the land mm -hmm. and things um, and that all came through people turning up chatting to us, buying a coffee, buying a treat, um, and so that's our way of just, that's our kind of solution to sustainability. Okay. Um, and yeah, we hope to expand that and open more, go forward, because mm -hmm. it allows us to do even more. 
And so you spent most of your Saturday behind the counter then? Yeah, I am barista. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an art in itself. Yeah, I, I love that part of it, slowing it down. Um, I remember you saying one time, I heard you give a talk somewhere, and you talked about moving from eating food to tasting food. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was quite profound. Yeah. Uh, it's about speed of experience, the smells. Um, so in everything we do, we, we do uh, kind of like story based on everything. So. We have cards that we would put out with the coffees, cards mm-hmm. we put out with the food, explaining where the vegetables came from. If we can't, if we're doing dinner nights, we'll actually bring all the ingredients out first and show mm-hmm. everybody, this is what we're using, this is where it came from, this is how you grow this. Because okay. um, I think when you really slow things down and allow people to um, to connect with what they're mm-hmm. eating, they, they choose to eat better um, and they choose to celebrate local as well. Um, it's just been a... There's it's almost like it breeds a culture of transparency. Oh goodness, yeah. yeah. From something as simple as food, imagine if, if, if you were that intentional about transparency about your food, how much that could affect every other area of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coffee for me was one of the, that, and that's learning to do pour over coffee and the slowness of that and. And the frustration of like when you, if you go too fast, your coffee turns bitter and it tastes wrong. But keeping that repetitive um, kind of process, that taught me something about, about life, about. Um, yeah, it taught, it taught you to slow down. Taught me to slow down. And um, that was, it seemed so silly as yeah. like coffee, but for me it was very profound. It was cool talking to your, your friend earlier about how she just loves tomatoes. And that's her thing. So she yeah. like she'll navigate to work in the tomato beds. Mm-hmm. That's like her little little baby. I kind of like that idea of having the one craft that you kind of hone. And would you see people come and here tend to navigate to certain plants, vegetables, flowers, trees? Yep, definitely, absolutely. There's some people that absolutely adore trees and the connection. And there's some people just go for the flowers, certain vegetables. And just we find people just finding different outlets within the just the environment. So yeah. painters, creativity, come just fires. People try things that maybe never had the time, the space to do because mm-hmm. they've slowed down. Um, but yeah, uh, the kind of weird little things like I just love tomatoes. And <laughs> I find and you try getting them to work with some other vegetable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, it's not the same. It's like, what is it what how does that work i'm not quite sure how to quantify it but and explain it but it's it's cool it's cool though yeah it really is we all have our our niche and we all we all like certain (laughs) things yeah walking down through down through the the site there's there's boxes of artichokes and there's fennel and there's potatoes and there's uh, there's geraniums there's a real mash of stuff so it's this kind of I like to separate because I worked in the industry for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to separate my horticulture from my agriculture. Okay, yep. So you're probably more of an agri- agriculturalist, whereas your wife's more of a horticulturist. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So she runs the flower business out of here as well. She does. Yeah, she does orchard flowers. Okay, what's that about? Um, it was it's her way again of 
Um, so we we actually started growing flowers as a way to pump um, some nutrients back into the ground because we read that when we're growing some vegetables, you can actually put in certain types of flowers. And but then we had the, the question: What do we do with flowers that we grow? <laughs> so we just leave them or do something with them? And she mm-hmm. was like, "I'll oh, cut a few." She um, she always loved doing things with flowers, but never really thought much about it. And the more she did it, the more people started buying these flowers from her. Mm-hmm. And it. it it, it overnight turned into a possible business for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's been starting that. She went job share um, and has been doing it as kind of part time. And the plan is that when it's at that sustainable point, she's going to go full time doing it. And that just came out of. So that's kind of how we we, did, we actually move the flowers around. Okay. So that um, we can actually re put nutrients into the ground. Back into the ground. Um, keeping that kind of um, that mixed kind of feel of the whole place. Um, I don't really know how that works like, scientifically, if it's a good thing. It's worked for us. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, um, we, we kind of keep everything mashed up quite well. Yeah, and you're pretty much organic as well. Yeah, we are, yeah. Is that hard work? It is, yeah. And it's a comp- we, we all have to keep reminding each other if it's good. It's good <laughs> keep going at it. We talk to local farmers who are organic as well. And okay. The same theme that comes through, just like, this is really difficult. But I feel it's worth it. Like there's definitely so many benefits from it environmentally, um, but also just that that feeling you get from the the food, knowing where it comes from, that what's been put into it. That's that that kind of raw feeling of being part of that permaculture system where I know exactly that this compost has gone on. This has come from our chickens, from um, kind of all the waste from the site. It's a wonderful kind of feeling to know exactly that everything produced here has come from the site, but at the same time, the work rate is intense. It's intense, yeah, it's a lot more than um, non organic. No, so, how do you find time to rest? Rhythms and life. Rhythms? Yeah. That's Tell me more about that. Um, so, part of doing Origin was advice. Um, breaking the cycle okay. of um, my personality leads me to just work and work and I would just keep working until I kind of collapsed. I just have this kind of um, need to um, perfection mm-hmm. um, and part of doing origin and working the land and doing it with others has taught me to slow, slow down, stop, um, spend time with others, um, listen to others. Um, <laughs> Not just listen to what's going on in my own head, but needing to produce, needing to um, finish things, needing to hit deadlines. Um, so um, breaking rhythms more maybe. Breaking rhythms to create new rhythms. Oh, God, um, you're a complicated man. Kevin. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so that that rhythm, I think I, I was taught a rhythm in life from growing up. Just was, just a frequency of yeah, whatever. Kenny, you have to earn money. You okay. have to work hard to earn money. You have to do things really well. Which is all true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, but I think the outcome of that for me was that that was my life mm-hmm. and it was just unsustainable mm-hmm. um, and through that stopping um, eating with others um, so we now actually eat together here most nights of the week with people from the community no way yeah so Amazing. we invested like we just fixed up the kitchen there and we have 10 people every night we just open the place up and uh, kind of who wants to eat together. Mm-hmm. And we cook it, people turn up, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. Kind of just stay at a bedtime and then people go home. If it's a nice night, we put the 
five hit on. Oh. We break out, then the drinks cabinet then comes I'll be down next, I'll be down next Tuesday night, can I? Oh, I have it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there will be people. It's, it's a, it's a, that's a new rhythm. Like yeah. that's um, opening the table, um, creating that space for people that wouldn't be like me to learn from others. Yeah. That's been very, very Are you a solitary person? Generally, naturally, if you left, you were left to your own devices. Would yeah. you be on your own? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. So it's quite hard for you then to, yeah. But obviously, the the fruit of it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love cooking. Okay. Um, so we have a lot of team of the outside to harvest stuff. They bring mm-hmm. it into me. I love the, the process, the connection to it, cooking with others, eating with others. Yeah, it's just been a. It's it's transformational. We have. So on those nights we'd get together, we have people coming from their workplaces mm-hmm. to come in and maybe eat with us. We got some people that maybe been working on site that day who maybe come from kind of um, backgrounds which are struggling with life, um, some vulnerable adults, and they're finding well-being, they're finding restoration and healing by working the land. And just and, from community? Yeah. But the wonderful thing is that at the end of that day, everybody's at the table. Yeah. Um, everyone's celebrating the food, celebrating each other. Yeah. It's it's a yeah. it's a very restorative yeah. thing. I think. Are you here for are you here full time? Um, part time, part time. Yeah, so I kind of like project manage part time. Okay, and I do the video photography. Of course, part time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm usually around. Yeah. Time, at least. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the rhythm. Yeah, it's it's powerful. Um, it is yeah. to have community. In such a you know creating a community in such a rural part of the country mm-hmm. but it's obviously it means something to people yeah it means something to you definitely yeah what i always struggled with the whole life change well-being um spirituality was it all just seemed so um separated from normal life mm-hmm. eating together Mm-hmm. is a real normal thing that we have to do and mm-hmm. be able, us been able to just break a few boxes of maybe if Becky and I hadn't made a few choices we weren't maybe eating in a public space where others can come and join us yeah. that would have been more difficult um, so that eating together things that normal easy thing to do okay whereas some of the more self-care well-being stuff that it requires you to put a lot of effort into doing things that always was a difficult thing for me. It always, mm-hmm. always felt like an extra thing I needed to add on to my life. Mm-hmm. Whereas this origin feels like that thing of just... You're kind of best of both worlds. This is just natural. This is just... We, compart- we compartmentalise our lives that's a good word. so that's much. Good, yeah. Don't we? Yeah. We break it up and, and, uh, and that's just the dualistic mind. That's just that's just that level, of, that level of consciousness that just wants you to always make these boxes and decisions. Mm-hmm. Well, life's not like that. Everything's connected and it all works Absolutely. together and flows together and mm-hmm. and you don't have to separate. I remember asking someone, talking in a conversation with some, someone recently and they just told me their favourite, whatever it was, uh, food or their favourite music band. And I was like, you don't have to choose. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, well, yeah, I don't actually have to choose. But it was that idea of... There must be one. There must be one and going against that grain. Yeah. It's really hard. There it is, yeah. You're, um, you mentioned spirituality there. Mm-hmm. Are you a spiritual person? Part time. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, uh, yes. 
Okay. But I struggle with the, the word. I don't know. Uh, um, maybe it's because my background and my journey has brought me to that place of just, I often say to people, define it. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that we can have a conversation that like, allows me to answer it more clearly. Because I, I think people come at that word from so many different perspectives. Yeah. That like, we can all mean so many different things. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'd love, I'd love, I, would love, I would love to define it. But I can't. <laughs> I'll yeah. just ask you a more, a more, a more defined question. So I'd be more inclined. I'd go, yes, I, I can't define it either. Yeah. And I'm very content with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I, uh, I read a lot of poetry and, and, and songs and, and different things like that. And, and I've probably mentioned it before in these interviews about how the line between the inner world and the spiritual world I don't know where one ends and one begins if, mm-hmm. if they're not the same thing. Yeah. That the idea of spirituality is really just our mental health. I know that's a fairly broad, broad, broad stroke, but I'm still working my way through that. But it's, it's hard to talk about these things because it just is. Because, yeah. Um, people keep asking me like so what do I think of this and what do I think of that and a lot of my mean? thoughts on theology things I just kind of go like that's it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because um, as soon as we get back in we're, we're always searching for someone to tell us what to think or to give us a new idea or and but to come to that place of resting in it being a journey of resting in beauty in the mess yeah. sometimes of our pasts or the finding the that just ray of sunshine in, in the kind of the in the place that we go that's maybe a system that we don't like but we find some meaning and I, I think that teaches us so much yeah. about being humans about spirituality about um, creation rather than searching for some guru to give us a new idea. Mm. Do you think that's a cultural thing in Ireland? That we look for permission? That we look for... We're looking out for something we already have? It could be. I think a lot about... I think a lot about the Celts. I think a lot about the mystics. And the more I look at it, I know so many people trying to live within those threads mm-hmm. but I think what set, them, what set them apart was the connection to the land and I think that a lot of spirituality is trying to connect into those old ideas and old threads but without the land yeah there's something extraordinarily powerful um, when we, I think the land is almost that um, symbol for that the breaking of that the, the disconnection. There's something about the land is that um, solid foundation that that's always there. That it's, it's very symbolic of us. We try and get away from that into um, different ways of thinking, but we're pulled back to that connection. And the transformation that I have seen again and again as people have just stopped rested mm-hmm. let go of that striving to find the answers mm-hmm. and allow themselves to be um, it's been 
it's been quite incredible. It's, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. It's transformation that I would have dreamt about in my spiritual past. Mm-hmm. And I would have read about mm-hmm. and I'm now seeing it in a, in a place that I wouldn't call spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I understand from a different perspective, but I wouldn't call it spiritual. And I'm now seeing it in different people's lives just beautifully been um, enacted. And um, I suppose that's been the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I will struggle with to answer that kind of question of spirituality for the rest of my life, maybe. Um, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You're um, a big fan of the Enneagram, I hear. I am indeed, yeah. M- most of the time. <laughs> my, my wife tried to introduce me to it about maybe three, four years ago. Yeah. And I told her it was a heap of nonsense and okay. I hated it. And yeah. then about two years ago, I fell in love with it. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody swings around here. So you've yeah. done you've done a few courses on it, haven't you? You, you teach it. And yeah. Um, tell me I, a bit, wee bit about that. The Enneagram is a is a beautiful system of understanding um, ourselves, but probably more importantly others. Um, so it's a system of nine types of personality, um, and based in different kind of of understanding, so our gut, our head and our heart, um, and how we all respond to the life around us and how we are moulded as children and um, our different kind of growth and stress points. Mm-hmm. Um, but really it's about revealing um, ourselves um, to ourselves, it's self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I got into it a few years ago, I can't remember how long. And I decided that it was really helpful just mm-hmm. in what I was doing. Um, like weirdly in this kind of setting of farming, mm-hmm. of doing coffee, of spending time with people, I find the Enneagram just to be really helpful. It, it's, it toned me and my personality. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm an Enneagram one, so mm-hmm. I don't have to fix things. Um, yep, I react. Um, so it, it helped me slow down listen to others, mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. Um, where others are coming from. It also helped me understand um, other, what they were searching for in their spiritual journeys. Because mm-hmm. it was different to what my, my reading of things, yeah. yeah. And I just found it so beautiful because we would have people like myself, like when I, we gather um, as a church community or something, and, and some people react to the music in certain ways. Yeah. And certain people react to the, teaching or the readings and in certain ways and that always confused me and mm-hmm. I, always, I always wondered why um, that I didn't really get into kind of like singing yeah. as much as others yeah. and yeah. now I really understand that mm-hmm. certain people just find it such a um, revealing mm-hmm. um, revelation kind of experiential kind of moment mm-hmm. um, in that and some others react in different ways and I find this just be a beautiful tool in bringing people together bringing understanding yeah, so it's. Uh, I talk a lot about it. Do you? Yeah. Too much? Too much, way too much. Um, <laughs> way too much. Yeah. Uh, I can't shut me up. I know, me and her back, we talk about it quite a bit. But as you say, it's, it's, it's an interesting tool for learning how other people take. I think I've learned more about my wife through understanding the Enneagram than anything else. What sort of fans are you into musically? He's a new CD player right now. If, 
well, CD players don't really exist anymore, do they? <laughs> I was going to point you out. You do have a record player in the corner, though. <laughs> yeah, I love um, records, yeah. Um, I'm, Vicky and I talk this regularly. Vicky has certain kind of bands that she just loves and she's stuck to and she seems to listen to and okay. it spans her lifetime. I don't, I have this, I love music, mm-hmm. but I, my favourite thing is Spotify, um, where I can find new stuff, okay. listen to new yeah, sounds, yeah. and a link between one artist and the next okay. to find and follow. Um, like I've got bands that I've always loved, the Beatles, and um, I love rock music, and, yeah. but at the same time, my favourite thing is to search find and find voices. You're a dedicated follower of fashion, musical fashion. <laughs> yeah, could be. Yeah. Is, I don't know if that's strange to just... No, we all listen to music in different different ways. I'm, I'm the opposite of that. I like to pick an artist and just... You follow, okay. Yeah. I'm really into country music at the moment. Western country music. Wait, okay. Coulter Wall. Oh, know, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. If you know who he is. I, I like his stuff. I liked uh, First Aid Kit for a long time. And it became too mainstream, so I had to. So you react against the mainstream? Absolutely. Okay. Also, you know, I went to see Wolfpack a while back. Oh, yeah? In Dublin, and then once they started playing big shows like Madison Square, just <laughs> That's how much we Once the ticket price is above 12 quid, I'm done. You know? Yeah. I still. Yeah. It's like 23 quid to go see a band. Well, I haven't seen a band in ages. I haven't seen. One of my favourite, and like Vicky makes fun of me, apparently I'm not meant to like that, but one of my favourite artists would have to be KT Tunstall. Oh wow. Um, yeah. I love her abilities to, yeah. well I heard her play in the Pepper Canister in Dublin mm-hmm. um, and it was one of the most acoustically beautiful kind mm-hmm. of gigs. She's played by herself and mm-hmm. though she kind of loops all the, the sounds and things, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, but again, I think like I think this says a lot about our personalities and things and how each person approaches music. Music, and music's that spiritual kind of thing for so many of us. Well, but everybody approaches it so differently. Yeah. And to try and create that one, yeah, that's all. It just doesn't, uh, doesn't work. Um, so it's, it's a beautiful thing when you hear all these different kind of ideas yeah. and perspectives. And everything. are you a big reader? Massive reader. Too much. I. I buy too many books. Yeah. What's, what kind of books? I would picture you for like a sci-fi fiction type oh, guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a black t-shirt. <laughs> I wear black everything. <laughs> it's just my standard. Yeah. Um, Favourite colour, black. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I read um, sci-fi and things, but like I read a lot of, at the moment, um, so I'm going through the stage of reading about lots of misfits and, and throughout history. So okay. I wanted to be really fixated on, it's just back to spiritual, all these kind of St. Francis. Uh-huh. So I'm just kind of doing study off as many books as I can get hold okay. of. Um, the one I'm reading at the moment is Misfits and Mystics by Christina Stevenson, I think. It's, I could be completely wrong on that. Um, yeah. But it's just because I've always felt like that little bit of a misfit that my ideas of spirituality, my kind mm-hmm. of pushing against systems and status quo has always made me feel like a bit of a... Outsider? Yeah. And I think it's through things like the Enneagram I felt I've, I've been able to find that bit of freedom. No, it's, I'm not. Um, and it's not that others are, are just accepting either. It's that we all just view things in very unique, different ways. 
mm. and each of us need to follow that. Uh, I think I think it's reading people, St. Francis and and Dorothy Day, I'm reading about her um, doing this kind of farming project in okay. America, and, yeah. and some of her stories in this book, or the stories that are told about her in this book, of struggles with one another, or people on the project that came and joined for seasons and things, mm-hmm. and it just makes me laugh of, if I had just read this years ago, and um, it's, just, it's just really encouraging and releasing to try new things and that's others have gone before and done crazy things too so yeah why not do you have a well here or yeah we do um so it's just right outside the door okay um, was that something you put in or was it already there it's been there since if i remember the number on it right 1969 oh that's class isn't it yeah it's kind of someone's marked it into the top of it and yeah so it's, it's wells with pump like they hear clicking on and off and it um, supplies the whole site mm-hmm. so we don't have to the water on site's brilliant. I remember having a conversation with someone who ran a nursery. I was having trouble with having trouble with um, crops in certain houses, mm-hmm. and he discovered that that particular area was being run off was watering from the mains rather than the well. Wow! And then they moved to the well water. It was much healthier, different yeah. outcome. Yeah, the the taste of the water from the well is completely different it's yeah. tremendous I mean, we use it for we have a whole filter system that goes through to go into the coffee machine things mm-hmm. but the taste is just oh so well water goes straight into the coffee machine yeah that's that's a selling point alone it, it is not yeah it's, it's it gives a unique um, taste and it changes throughout the year mm-hmm. it's almost you can tell how much it's been raining because it's no. filtering down through the ground and so I reckon give me a few more years of just experiencing it and trying it and tasting it I could probably tell you how much rain there's been <laughs> just from how long ago like one of those wine wine men that <laughs> can tell you the, the gradient of, of the slope and the, the shape of the grape and what sort of spring <laughs> they had no, no well great Kenny where will you be in 10 years right here mate <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Vicky and I have this caught all the time. Um, yeah, we'll be here. Like this is, I love this so much that I know we're going to be doing this for probably the rest of our lives. It'll develop, it'll change, but mm-hmm. I've got. It's a weird feeling because I, I go through my life and there's a an enneagram one. I always like trying new things, developing things. Probably you'd be from project to project, but just you can't really hear. No, not to to a degree you can, but. Yeah. you're kind of stuck in the same location yeah it's, it's, a, it's a nice feeling for me I think that's part of the, the well-being space uh, is for me it's just like mm-hmm. I'm here I'm planted in the ground I'm planted in the land and I can see myself here as a, a white bearded <laughs> old man just um, going around and then I can be officially seen as part of the community because I've been here long enough <laughs> be nice. it takes a while to, get, to get accepted into yeah Someone was telling tell me recently about the area where I live, about the man that had been there for 40 years and they're still, he's still, still calling the blowing. Yep, I'm the blowing. Um, I'm alright with it at the moment, but bye. Have you got some local pubs, good pubs and stuff around? There's not actually that many local pubs around here. It's no, just, 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 just your only pub here. Uh, yeah, that's where we're, we're just going to get a licence here. It'll <laughs> <laughs> probably cost you a fortune. <laughs> an absolute fortune, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at least there's, there's nothing else around. So It's really interesting because if you look across, look across those fields, Earlier on, I was looking across the fields and I saw a lot of stone. And, and he said it was an old graveyard. Yes. What's the story with that? As, as Do you know the name of the graveyard? I don't actually know the name. Of, I've taken a walk down to it a couple of times to take the, the dogs and walk down. And what does it look like? 
it's falling to bits. It's the most beautiful old kind of crumbling headstones and things, and it's it's weird being this beautiful spot. It's it's just so odd mm-hmm. and out of like it's smack bang as you say. It's just when you look over the fields, it's just this stone area, just like right in your view. And people ask about it all the time. Um, and the only way to get to it is to go through a pile of fields. You have mm-hmm. to jump over a couple of these streams. And apparently, it was just a really, really old. No one seems to know much. I've I've looked it up online. Can't find much information. Um, and it's just somewhere that somebody keeps letting some sheep in to keep it <laughs> greased. <laughs> and that's only in Ireland. It's, it's yeah. To be fair, you could probably create a pathway to that graveyard. Put up a sign, and people would come from all around the world just to see this random graveyard with cheap graze upon. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's, that's, a, that's a good idea. And was there no tricks there? I don't actually think there was. Wow. I think it's a, it's a graveyard that was like separated. There's there's a the Finvoy um, church up the top of yeah, it, yeah. but it's it's so far away from it that it seems to be in a random little spot. Um, there's probably a beautiful story. I will. Yeah, we'll have to research. Out, research. Yeah. What's the time land around here? Uh, I love a good time land. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll research, I'll research it. it. Do you have any pets? Yeah, I've got a German Shepherd, okay. Ray, and a lab, um, and it's Arya. Great. So, yeah, Arya named after Game of Thrones. Of course. And then Ray, Star Wars. Okay. So, it's my sci fi. <laughs> Back in again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but then we've also got all of the, the goats, chickens. geese, chickens, ducks, cats. They're not really pets, they just do their own thing. Feral? Yeah. Cats are never really yeah. pets, are they? Yeah, they just kind of... Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of animals around. And the team have voiced their opinion that we should get an alpaca okay. at some stage. So there you go. Next time you're back, there may be an alpaca. Yeah. Any pigs? We used to have pigs. Okay. We have an issue with the pigs, which was that we named them. Big mistake. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then when they were ready to go to slaughter, and there was no one wanted them to go. The, there was absolute revolt on the, <sighs> the team. Um, so they are now living out their lives um, with a couple that have a B and B and have loads of forested area, and they now graze. And they live and in the forest. They live there. wild. Yeah. So no bacon. So. They, they were saved by someone naming them and none of us, <laughs> none of us but it, I, I am including this I could not bring myself you couldn't bring yourself to do it they were lovely um, what do they call they're called kinny kinnies um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, oh my goodness no, no one could no one could do it do you eat the chickens? no they, they live out there they live their full life um, with the, they lay eggs we sell the eggs eat the eggs but they live their full wee lives out there 